1: Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. It's a little different show now without Max, but we still got Ben. Ben, how you doing?
0: You know, we're back just like your athlete's foot. Uh, Who could have guessed it took a global pandemic to totally and completely derail the only Iowa Hawkeye podcast on the internet?
1: (laughs) I know, right? It's (laughs) been a full 10 months since you and I have hopped on, I am Harrison Star, aka Boilerhawk, aka HD underscore Star on Twitter. Which maybe I should get rid of the underscore. Maybe, maybe not. But it's been a wild ten months, Ben. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll get to the <laughs> maybe we'll get to the Iowa Hawkeye stuff. Um, but uh, first, you have a new living arrangement. Uh, you are on your own.
0: Yep. Super alone. It only took 28 years to finally get my own place. Um, And it's helped me, you know, marinate on, on the take I'm developing is that life uh, life amidst the pandemic is the best for late guys in their late twenties who are super single at the same time. Life is not very great for this demographic either, but you know, uh, I have no loved, I have no loved ones in Chicago. I've got no significant others. I can hunker down and, um, Totally and completely, I've been quarantining for the past 10 months, and (laughs) even before the pandemic, so it's great.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, a change for me. (laughs) Yeah, you know,
0: my lifestyle changes have nothing on yours.
1: Yeah, I am now a homeowner with my wife, and also the owner of a very small infant child who is two months old, and... If you hear any (laughs) crying in the background, that is him because little baby Elliot got his shots today and was a trooper in the moment, but, uh, they, they linger, man, they linger and it is not fun to witness, not fun to hear those cries. Just try and get a bottle in his mouth or
0: (laughs) me too.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and I also have a man bun, which is crazy. I, I can't believe I sit here today, the owner of a house, the father of a child, and the wearer of a man bun. So it's it's been uh, a wild, wild time. Um, have
0: you just been choosing to not see a, a hair professional?
1: or? So what it was, was after my wedding in january of 2019 i decided i'm gonna grow my hair out
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i had got been going to the stylist once every two to three months to get it trimmed make it look okay but my last appointment was scheduled for april i mm-hmm. just didn't go to that one and i haven't scheduled a new one uh since there's a point in time where i mean it is down to my shoulders but I was wearing it down like that, and Christina said, "You either need to get a haircut or finally commit to the man bun." And here I am committing to that for the foreseeable future. But I, I think it might be time to to bid it adieu, so to speak.
0: Yeah, you know, I've I just got my haircut for the second time of the pandemic a couple weeks ago, but from about. Yeah, March until you know, probably February to July. I rolled it out and my hair is a little bit more white guy froey when it gets that long. And it's the first time it's ever looked like that before I was surprised. As I as surprised as everybody else about how my hair would look grown out and it's um consensus thumbs down. It was
1: it was oh, a reaction
0: to, oh. was a reaction to it <laughs> to it. So um I guess I'm going to have to figure out uh, some regular, uh, but I, like I said, you know, I'm not seeing anybody I care about in these uncertain times, so I don't need to make anybody but me happy.
1: Yeah, you did say you just got back from a trip, though. Was that up in Minneapolis, you, the, the home, I,
0: home? I went home for, you know, to see my family. I hadn't seen them since really, since July. I went home for 4th of July, too, and one of my best friends, I hate to say it, um, he's an Iowa State grad, and he's getting married in uh, in December in Des Moines, and I'm a groomsman in the wedding. So we had a small little um, bachelor-type party at a, at a cabin way up north, basically in Bemidji, Minnesota. Um, and, you know, I actually spent the weekend with a bunch of Iowa State fans, and don't recommend it. Uh, But it was was a a great time, actually. You know, it was totally fine. Only one person was really giving me any type of shit on Iowa. Um, You know, a lot of them were pretty agnostic between Iowa and Iowa State, you know. What are you going to do? And there's just so much little to talk about because Iowa's not even playing right now.
1: Yeah, there's really... I mean, we're delaying the inevitable. We're just right. going to come out with it right now. There was the lawsuit that came out. Maybe we'll, we'll discuss it as this podcast lingers and our topics dwindle. But um, there really kind of – there are not much takes to to get out of it. There isn't mm-hmm. the um, uh, the kids' day or whatever. I think that was always kind of the the fall practice. There was no spring practice, right? Um just the random Zoom meetings that drove uh, Mister Morehouse a, a little bit away from uh, the Gazette, from and, and on yeah, now he's a fib mm-hmm. uh, across the river. Um, but it, it it's weird. Like I I don't know a whole lot about this team, considering the amount that they turned over and. Uh I don't know. Like I I just don't know. Um which is why I think we kinda wanted to discuss around college football before we uh get into the Iowa stuff. So Ben, uh yeah. off the cuff, what has been your favorite team to watch so far this year?
0: Uh well I've always Georgia was always my second favorite team. Uh I got family there, a lot of family who went there and they've always uh been my other rooting interest and so i i've been watching them i can't say i've enjoyed it they've been winning up until this most recent weekend but uh that was um in spite uh despite you know not the best quarterback play i've seen from a bulldog quarterback ever in my time of being a fan um other than that honestly i've been watching very very little college football i did watch uh God, the Texas Oklahoma game. I watched the entire thing two weeks ago. That that was horrible. Like I'm, I wish I would have done anything else. Literally anything else. I wish I would have done that day. Um, I think we can agree that overall, like for you know, for lots of reasons, we can't just put it in one. It's just different, you know. Especially, uh, especially for me as someone who's in Big Ten country, I know you're in SEC country right now, so you, you maybe, and it's I'm not even in really a big college football town anyway.
1: Yeah. Calling the hogs. That's, that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Uh, but oh, it's I, I thought you were
0: telling me, I thought you were telling me to stop talking.
1: Oh, no, that was <laughs> no. Uh, I guess I'll have to call the hogs all the time. It is yeah. crazy because like being in Arkansas, Arkansas is two and two, three and one. Technically. I mean, we're, we're counting the Auburn game as a win, uh, because of that, uh, that spike slash fumble, uh, mm-hmm. going against their way. Uh, protecting the interests of the conference that's that's what yeah. i've been told but it's so weird even to be in a place where college football is being enjoyed i think but one we don't really have a bunch of friends but two yeah. if we did have friends wow well, If we were to get together with the friends that we have, we probably would have been watching some of these Arkansas games, and we just aren't. I mean, part of it's the new kid. It's not like you can go down and super tailgate, but um, it's weird to be in a place where, like, college football is really kind of enjoyed, and the team is doing above the expectations that the fans have for it, and it feels like being in a little bit of the wilderness. Like, you're watching it from a different planet. Mm -hmm. You're watching these games be played because you know they're not going to class, really. You Mm -hmm. know that the real only personal interaction that at least maybe they're supposed to have is during practice and on these football fields. Plus, you have all the weirdness of guys in and out every week and the coaches' stuff. Like, I, I think that to me is kind of the wildest that we're seeing it infiltrate the coaches between Sabin, between Mullins I guess it didn't technically hit Saban but um and then I guess Iowa's opponent uh Jeff Brom brother of Brian exactly so it just feels like a totally different way to watch college football and it's the First season, I've committed myself to a very small-time gambler at 2 and $3 a game every now and then, and it's very weird to have this be the season that I have decided to take this up as a little bit of a hobby.
0: Which is so funny, because it's made me completely and totally stop. I haven't placed a bet since February, and I have no interest in doing so, just because... I think it's just too weird. There's too many variables and everything. And I don't think anybody knows anything even more so than they used to. And I would just rather spend my money on literally anything else right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about spending money because it's not like my wife and I are going out to eat near the amount that we used to Mm -hmm. ordering in um, a fair amount, but not, but still less than we would... Yeah,
0: I mean, you're not ordering alcohol to go. Can you do that in, in uh, Arkansas there?
1: No. So it's like... Yeah. If you're going to spend... I mean, like a dinner for us, right, would somehow quickly be 70 $80. Now it's like, ah, I have some of this money to spend. I will get nicer bottles of alcohol to drink that take a while. And I will you know, enjoy uh, the account that I set up ages ago and just tap into that and figure out how to access it, wink, wink, Not, I get it.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, so, I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's it's fun. And I, I think from a gambling perspective – it is very weird, but the stuff I've enjoyed the most has been the smallest of schools. I watched, what what game was it? I, well, I watched think on Thursday so much night of the, a, yeah. the Sun Belt game on mm-hmm. Thursday night. Can't remember what it was. It was
0: Eastern Kentucky and somebody else, I think,
1: right? Or Western Kentucky. Or was it Georgia State? May, okay, who the hell knows? Georgia State, I think, actually was the one involved. Lost that mm-hmm. one. Oh, you hate to see it. oh, Arkansas State and Georgia State—that's what that was. Yeah, okay. Um, and then the like you weeks ago, I committed to the Oklahoma-Texas game. Oh, had a couple dollars on, and when I say literally, I mean literally a couple dollars. So, like, mm-hmm. if anyone wants to get at me with the bit of why are you talking about these games you have very little money on, you know what? First
0: your picks to the Action Network coward.
1: Hey, we we have that one, that one that we're gonna start using. I can't remember what it's called. It's
0: oh, but I think we'll.
1: I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, (laughs) when I figure out what it is, I will (laughs) uh, give it a plug. Um, But it's like uh, with the Oklahoma game, it's going in overtime. The spreads three. They're about to line up to kick a field goal to win by three. I'm like, screw this. I don't even want to win. Or I don't mm-hmm. I don't even want my money back. I want to either win or lose. Is that so I think yeah. maybe the fact that it is literally two dollars has me feeling that way. But uh I don't know, man. It's it, it's fun. I, I I got some good advice from our good old friend Stoops, my ass, and he said when you feel good about a pick, go in on a pick. So that was that was me with Alabama, um, just because I was crunching the numbers and somehow the points per play stuff it came up Georgia, but the it built in a um, due diligence to really look at each of the games the teams has played and and I think that that is kind of the methodology that i'll use as i construct the punks each week is hey i've got this algorithm that it kind of likes and um whether that further research um tells me to like a gamer more more or not then i think that that's kind of how it'll be versus the kind of drawing things out of a hat and how can i construct a column I enjoy writing on Friday nights.
0: Do you really want to tell people the sausage gets made here?
1: Well, uh, I kind of did with um, the power rankings I stole from you earlier today. Um, But that's easy. That is Mm -hmm. easy math Mm -hmm. to do. All of that is publicly available knowledge. And technically this is publicly available knowledge too. Um, I'll give a plug later. It's like collegefootballdata.com. You can get it. It's fine um
0: Tom we sent you yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um so it's uh I don't know like I mean but it's like like I said it the punk algorithm had me picking Georgia but I'm like I don't trust Georgia I don't trust this 5'11 guy that I would I tower over because there's no way he's literally 5'11 mm-hmm. that's a fake 5'11 quarterback for the number three team in the mm-hmm. country I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. We were trying to get Elliott down. So I was hanging. I wasn't watching the game for the first half. i like, how's this team? How's Alabama losing? And I turn it on. I'm like, my God, this guy is tiny. How is he a quarterback? I look at the stats. He's like 11 for 24. It's like, oh, he just has that 84-yard touchdown that's inflated his stats. Alabama's going to roll. Um, and Alabama did. So I felt... You know, that was nice. That was nice. I think I
0: I read on the car ride home that Georgia ran the ball three times in the second half.
1: Oh, I totally missed that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is totally (laughs) and completely unbelievable. So if you want, you know, 5'10 guy throwing the ball for you 64 times in the second half, then I think uh, Boiler's algorithm uh, probably speaks to that.
1: Yep, yep. Um, mm-hmm. So as we kind of make our way through here, um, Iowa Purdue, we alluded to it before, and we will get to it right after the break. Boom! I saved that one.
0: We well, have a break.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we're back. Uh, and again, again, again. Yeah. yeah, we had that snafu at the beginning. Um, Fixed it by looking at each other's ugly mugs. Um, Mm -hmm. But Iowa-Purdue is the game that we will be watching, I think, this weekend. I don't know. Um, But Jeff Brown will be watching it. He won't be at it.
0: Are you sure, dude? Like He's got six days to get three positive tests. I've got a pretty good... Not... Of all people, you know, I think Brian Brom and Jeff Brom can probably be interchanged the best than any other team in the the conference, maybe even the country. But, I mean, if Nick Saban can get three positive tests in eight hours, I think Brian Brom can do the same thing in six, six times the amount of time.
1: Well, no, I saw where he did have the official PCR Test return positive. So that means he has 10 days to quarantine or until he stops showing symptoms, whichever comes first.
0: So, what was Sabin saying? He just got a
1: a false positive, is more of Sabin's deal. Okay. Yeah, so the antigen tests, like the stuff we know (laughs) now. It's unbelievable, but like the antigen test, the 15-minute one or whatever, that came back negative for Sabin, or positive for Sabin, and then he had the okay. PCRs, negative, 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 and then I guess that means PCR they is trust the negatives. Yeah, yeah.
0: PCRs a nose, yeah. You'll, um, I haven't gotten one of those yet. Oh, no, I have. I've gotten antigen and PCR, one of each. I'm probably going to get another one this week. Um, just to try and see myself safe because I was around so many people from the state of Iowa. Um, but what are you going to do? I, you know, Brahms not being there, probably, I haven't even looked at the betting lines, how they've changed. I know Sabin, when they didn't think he was going to be there, that was a four or five point swing, maybe, and then it went back, water found its level. But I, I really, really don't think uh, Brahms' absence is going to make, will be, you know, the catalyst unless we see his his brother makes some truly head-scratching decisions but I just don't yeah
1: yeah I mean the I'm question like, for Brian is d- do you remember the last time that you played Iowa or the time before that or the time before that and how easy they were to beat on the outside with deep balls can your quarterback make that throw
0: <laughs> and and you still have Rondale Moore like okay yeah, and the, I mean... And I was starting a corner that you totally and completely torched twice, two games in a row, or two years in a row, rather. So, uh, what
1: are you going to do? Well, the, the news that scares me is potentially Riley Moss being inside, having to cover Rondell Moore. Are we trying to let him set a record?
0: I just... Uh, wait, where did you see that? I we were going to go over the depth chart, but uh where i think that, that was in the comments but right now riley moss is starting on the outside
1: right yeah it was it was the athletic news where he had riley moss as the number one cash for when they go nickel it would have belton at safety and moss at the cash
0: I just can't. Why believe. would we
1: play people out of position?
0: I just simply cannot believe that. I don't. I mean, I know the Iowa depth chart is about as fake as you can get for a piece of paper put out by the university that's supposed to be official. But, I mean, we've got Dane Belton as a starter of cash right here. And I even, and now I'm swallowing my tongue when I say this, but I have to think that Kayvon Merriweather is the de facto third safety. Regardless of when Belton switches over to cash, or if Kerner were to get hurt for whatever reason, um, Kayvon Merriweather is going to be there to step in. Is my prediction?
1: Yeah, that's that is what makes the most sense um, in terms of Iowa's defensive backs. I think you you ha- Hankins is the lock, Kerner's the lock. Belton's always going to be on the field. I don't know. You you found this guy who can play the cash as a freshman. You have to mm-hmm. get all the juice.
0: And he played fruit. great, and he played great. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and I mean, he, and he started against Purdue it was his first start last year. So, um, when you feel comfortable about someone in a position that's maybe your most complicated position, to me, it makes no sense to try and get cute with that. Maybe mm-hmm. we see Parker get cute with that, but please, for the love of God, do not let it be against Purdue and Rondale Moore.
0: I just don't see anything cute happening in this game. I just don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the only thing that I see and that I pretend, it was a part of um, my strategy, was to be ready for the overs. Because oh, yeah. I I think the tackling is going to be lackluster, especially for a team like Iowa, which hasn't tackled in, in 10 months. Yeah. Plus a team like Purdue, which hasn't tackled in 10 years. So (laughs) I'm kidding. Got (laughs) him. (laughs) Got him. Uh, But, um, you know, I I think that points are not going to be at a premium. And uh, from what I'm seeing, I don't have an overline available, an overunderline available. But I do see that. Brahms News swung it a point in Iowa's direction to Iowa minus three and a half points from William Hill. So, okay. no over-under line yet, though. Which, is I there can, a line low enough that that can make you, high enough that can make you go under maybe, maybe 61 and a half? That,
0: I would say it'd have to be in the 60s for me. But um, I can just totally, piggybacking off of a point you made earlier. I can just totally, see, points won't be at a premium. I can just totally see this being the Ronde Moore and Amir Smith-Marset show. That's it. I can just see those two guys, whichever team has a ball last wins.
1: Yeah, and that's what it was like the last time they played in West Lafayette, which was an objectively good game, um, albeit a very frustrating one. Uh, to, to me, it's, I think that, it was kind of the same story as the Oklahoma-Texas game in a way, right? Where just offenses back and forth, come back, um, that ended up not being, uh, Iowa not being able to No, what was it. It was, they got the lead, they kicked the field goal, Iowa couldn't get the touchdown back. Am I remembering it right? Or did they win on the last second field goal?
0: I don't know which game and which teams you're talking about. You went from Oklahoma, Texas, and now are you? I did. did. Okay.
1: Yeah. No. Uh. The Purdue Iowa game from two years ago. It was if I recollect, it was. We lost.
0: We lost that game, right? That's literally all I remember.
1: Um. And I didn't watch the game last year. I watched the game last year, or at least I've been told that I watched the game last year. (laughs) It was not my best moment at Kinnick Stadium. What are you going to do? But, yeah, exactly. Oh, 38-36 was the score of the game. Iowa, this was the game where Iowa went for two early. They chased the points. They were
0: chasing the points, yep. I do remember that.
1: And I remember being very, very upset at that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... It's just a reminder that Brian Ferencz hasn't converted a two-point conversion in his time as Iowa offensive coordinator. You know what? What they should do is, on the very first touchdown, if Iowa gets a touchdown, go for two. Just end that bad karma i don't
0: think i i no i don't endorse that i think uh well you just you just complained about chasing points and now you, <laughs> you're doing the death when you are the points, rabbit I... that's what
1: you do you set it as the rabbit and then continue okay but okay. now you're right um because yeah. i think as we i guess did we want to look at the the death chart is there anyone that Sticks out from the depth chart from you. We're a little all over the place. We're out of practice, but... Um, I know.
0: It's, it's like I haven't talked to anybody over over Zoom at all in the, <laughs> in the past nine months or whatever. Um, I mean, let's just... I, I got in front of me. Let's just go down the whole thing. Um, Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith, Tyrone Tracy, confidence level out of 10 for both of them, right?
1: Smith, <laughs> yes. Tyrone Tracy... The drops were a little bit of a deal, but overall, between the two of them, yes, yeah, so a 10. Yeah.
0: Since Tracy's a sophomore, is that right? Was he a redshirt freshman last year? He was. He okay. was indeed. Did not know that. Uh, Sam Laporta, Sean Bayer. I mean, I think hype is a little too high for Laporta, but Ooh. I mean, I, even I said myself that you know he's the next Hawkinson or Fant or whatever, but you just can't, you know, fill those shoes. And I mean, when you at the end of the day, he still only had like 180 receiving yards last year, albeit as a true freshman. But still,
1: he reminds me of maybe a more athletic Henry Krieger, Krieger Cobalt, Ray Hamilton type of guy. Yeah, and yeah,
0: if he can like, be, if he can, if he can be HKC, he That's great.
1: Yeah, I think he's a little faster, but. Um, like you said, sophomore, I feel good about him at tight end. It's the the thing about, when are we going to see it from Bayer? I guess it's kind of the question. And if Iowa needs, you would hope that they don't need a second tight end to emerge, Mm-mm. but I just don't know if it's going to be Bayer.
0: Who? Yeah. I don't even know. So then it would be like one of the freshmen who what you think would be the third tight end. We got like six of them.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean, uh, I guess it would be the Yelverton. Maybe yeah, that, that would be Leverton. the guy. Mm-hmm. That would be the guy. I hope it is, uh, just because I think he's big, he's fast, and uh, he can catch the ball. But then next, right, as, as we continue down, you <coughs> just want to hit the whole line. Is there a
0: yeah? Between... All, at, all at once, Lark Jackson. I mean, confidence even though he maybe didn't have the best season last year. I th- and I wouldn't go would to blame that hundred percent on injury and also being just overshadowed by Tristan Wirfs. Um, you have to put confidence at him at a 10. I think Cole Banworth, same deal. I mean, this guy's also a three or four year starter, right? Uh, bang, banged up good last year. Right. And then hopefully coming back, Linderbaum might, you know, everybody's saying he's a generational talent under at center. Um, certainly good. Kyler shot. You have to feel good about him. And then, Koi Kronk, the transfer coming in from Indiana. Um, I only heard of incredible things out of him. He played what? It's like 60 games for Indiana. Is that right? Not that many. Um, excuse me, like 30 games for Indiana.
1: Yeah, he started 40 games.
0: 40 games. There you go.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this is about as good a situation as you could expect from a line that's losing a first-round draft pick. That's that's where I stand on it. I, I think that... Um,
0: Hard agree, and that, I'll add to that, is uh, obviously we don't knock on kids here, but I think there's a little bit of addition with the subtraction at the guard positions.
1: I, they're graduated now. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the Paul, it's not like the Paulsons are tearing it up in the NFL, which speaks for itself um, exactly. in, in terms of what they brought to, to last year. Um, mm-hmm. So, I like I, I think shot Bannert, I think Britt is probably the sixth guy in, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel optimistic there. And then uh, moving on to Amir Smith-Marset and Nico Regani.
0: I mean, again, like Amir Smith-Marset will, so this is something, a question I actually had written down, so I'll just ask it now. <clears throat> Where, who was the last Iowa skill player drafted in the first four rounds of the NFL draft?
1: Would it be Sean Green?
0: Yeah, Sean Green. <sighs> um. So Mir Smith-Marset, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm going to project him as a second rounder, first rounder, third rounder. But, I mean, you, you just have to think that he breaks that streak no matter, I mean, unless, you know, something disastrous happens
1: this year, right? Iowa needs a wide receiver to catch a ball in the NFL so that... I can no longer refer to Tim Dwight as the last Iowa wide receiver to catch a ball in the NFL.
0: I know. Um so you have to feel good about him and Nico Reganis great. is a really, really good receiver. So I mean this yeah, he's what, core.
1: Reganey's what you want in a slot receiver. That mm-hmm. that's exactly what you want.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Spencer Petris, he's, he's a man with a plan. It all, He's going to make the offense go this year, and I, I just have to believe that, you know, he's going to be a truly generational talent because that's the homer in me, and I want to believe that, so I'm going to say it, that he's going to be a really incredible quarterback for Iowa, even though he hasn't taken a single snap, snap of consequence at all.
1: He broke the records that Jared Goff set. So, I mean, really, that's, <laughs> yeah, but that's how's all Jared Goff, I need to yeah. know.
0: But how's Jared Goff like, these days? It's a problem.
1: Yeah, like, it, it's it's crazy. I guess golf isn't a good comparison now, but NFL <laughs> quarterbacks, that's records at your high school and you break them. You you have to be good. Um, but you never know. You never know. I, I mean, I, you need to see it on the field a little bit, but yeah, I think every indication is that he has every throw in the bag in a way that Stanley did not um stanley had just kind of those tempo throws he really struggled with so i look for iowa to be an even more open playbook in my opinion
0: i agree 100 percent um you know touching back now on the backup quarterback alex, alex padilla is listed as number two do you i mean do you believe that do you think deuce hogan is already shown enough to be number two um and who's the third four, who's the other quarterback we yeah, have that's a scholarship player um
1: just the three kanaka Kapisic is a Oh, he's walk a walk-on on. okay yeah I I'm as low as you can be on Deuce Hogan I think his high school. really is, yeah it, it's just it, small school like even though it's in the Dallas area um not high enrollment never had to compete for his position with his dad as the head coach um
0: I didn't even know that percentage know that
1: what up. percentages were mid-50s um I don't know. Like I, I think the only way that he has a snap for Iowa is if a real snap that matters is if Petrus is so good that he gets drafted, and then you have an open competition between Padilla and Hogan next year. Um, that I think is the path for Hogan actually playing a game for Iowa. But you never know. I mean, if Petrus loses his helmet or whatever and has to sit out of play, maybe huh. it is Hogan going in.
0: I. This is the first time I've ever heard anybody on staff be low well on. Hogan. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. Who, who knows, though? Like, I mean, because yeah. if Petrus is a, I mean, he could be a four year starter, right? Because he's a sophomore with yep. four years or yep. but that extra year. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it's going to be a revolving door behind him if, if that's not the case, unless Pedia and Petrus are just best friends. Yeah. Running back.
0: I mean, Tyler Goodson, Makai Sargent, when's the last time we had a one two punch? good. Not that long ago, but still.
1: Ooh, Wiggard Robinson,
0: nine years ago. Ooh, I, I think you can compare Acklem Wadley to Sean Daniels.
1: Oh, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> <Thank you. laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I think I really like Makai. I really like Tyler. I think they both complement each other really well. And I think uh, this, this running game is hopefully going to be back. And. Only help out uh, a greenhorn, a quarterback.
1: Yep, yep. I, I, think that the multi skill that they provide is a huge deal. So, um, that that's why I love Tyler Goodson. I think he's he. You can play him a lot of places on the field, and Iowa did last year in a way that they never utilized and Wadley, which just upset me about twenty seventeen more. But yeah. Uh, Onward and upward. Any thoughts about the fullbacks other than their Iowa fullbacks?
0: Good names. Um, you know, starters. His name is Monty from Lakewood, Iowa. Larchwood, rather, Larchwood, Iowa. Do you know where that is?
1: I can't say that I do. Okay,
0: neither do I. Uh, so good luck with the fullbacks. I'm sure we'll be fine. And then we got the all-American taking kicks for us.
1: The all-American kicker and the all-American tweeter, Keith Duncan. So I know. yeah.
0: So offense, I mean, how can I just don't know if I've ever felt better about an Iowa offense than I have this year. Honestly, maybe, definitely, probably 2016, uh, perhaps, but this I think even more so now.
1: Yeah, 2016. I guess the the case for feeling good about 2016's offense was returning. Just and returning. Daniels and Vandenberg before he got hurt. Yeah. But then and it went, went to hell.
0: And CJ, too, also.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's yeah. a really good point.
0: Um, I guess when was CJ B drafted? He's a skill player. What year was – or what round did he go in?
1: He went third. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. So that
0: I That was guess. a good stat, though.
1: I, yeah. the, the, first, the first one who – Running back or wide receiver. Yeah. i still got to break that down. Right?
0: Okay. Um, defense, I mean, feel Chauncey Golston, probably we'll start with him because he's first on the list. Um, probably Mossall. most solid. Would you say Mossall most solid player on the entire defensive side?
1: Yes. I would put him number one. I'm trying to decide how much higher I want to put him over Dane Belton, actually. No way.
0: We've got Dane Belton as number two. I
1: think so. Okay. As, as like the most dependable, like I think Davion Nixon, I think he, he a, can come and go.
0: I was going to say Davion. Um, I, I'm the biggest Davion Nixon fan. I think who isn't related to him. Um, And I just really think this could be a huge breakout year for him. I mean, we were watching stuff. I think Rob Donaldson, you know, created a video of him, and I didn't realize how often like he was able to switch around and even play defensive end last year for Iowa, um, and play all over that line and just be a real. I think, but maybe this year he could be real true, um, if not nose tackle, just interior defensive lineman, and with some other really good defensive tackles, but clocking up an interior with him, I think he could just really help destroy the destroy some worlds on the interior for this defensive line. I just, am, I can't say enough about Nixon.
1: Nixon has without a doubt the highest ceiling, his, his ability to play inside and outside the size and speed and length that he has. I think Golston is probably the highest floor player on this defense. I'd like to see him be more active in uh pass rush, but I think that's also part of that is Phil Parker calling his number a little bit more. Um, because I think Golston is has been the ultimate do your job guy mm-hmm. for Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. uh, last year, at least, I think he he could have been a very very good pass rusher. Iowa just never asked him to. Logan <coughs> Lee, yeah. I mean, I and I mean, I, no matter I, what I think, he would have done. Yeah. Logan Lee, eighty five. Gotta like the the rare offensive number on defense. Um, I don't even notice
0: that. I just noticed he's up to 267 now, Ooh, which is really, I mean, quite, quite good. I mean, not that I, you know, looking at somebody's weight doesn't really help, but I think um, we might see him maybe even switch over to the other side of the defensive end and start if Zach Van Valkenburg um, or even Joe Evans are lacking.
1: Yeah, I think the thing about Joe Evans because I, I think he's a high impact player. It's can you can you be a Nate Meyer type or mm-hmm. a uh, Parker Hesse type? Because he is now close to 250. Um, yeah. But I also just kind of love using him as your your pass rush toy and mm-hmm. just having him get after the quarterback. I think that. That's the way Iowa has rarely used a defensive player, in my opinion. Say for maybe Epinesa his freshman year, um, mm-hmm. but I like I like what Iowa can do with Joe Evans. Uh, and then I guess the other um, defensive line position: Schulte, John Wagner. Thoughts there? None, not really. No.
0: Who didn't we have another defensive line recruit from or transfer from Northern Illinois
1: this year? We did. I do not remember. What I don't remember his name. His name but
0: is... It's not Jack Heflin or Helfin. I can't read that. Um, but so he's in the mix too. And I, if he's good enough to transfer to Iowa, I mean, maybe we'll see his name crop up on here.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, linebackers, we have Barrington Wade, Jack Campbell, Nick Neiman. How are you feeling there?
0: Is Nick, do you think, better than Ben? Do you think he could be by the end?
1: When he's healthy, I think so. I think and, he's a little more athletic than Ben, ben is.
0: And Ben's playing pretty high-level football right now as we speak, right?
1: Literally as we speak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, you have to be, so I, maybe even we, I rank him over Davion, um, after Chauncey for reliability on the defense, but Nick Neiman, talk about just a guy who, like you said, he's had some health issues, but could be, ha- has just been really underrated quite a bit for the Iowa team. Cause he's also been playing, you know, but he's, everybody's always just been talking about, um, AJ Vanessa uh, when he's on the team too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh as for middle linebacker I mean Jack Campbell this uh, I believe this would have been people like people have been high on Jack Campbell I still kind of think this would have been Dylan Doyle's position had things not have happened that did happen uh, but I, I can't really assess him and Barrington Wade is definitely he's you know I think he's a fifth year senior uh, has only started I think one game in his entire career uh, but he's seen plenty of plenty of snaps I'm glad to see uh, we have some two two guys who know the playbook really well uh, behind, um, you know, that defensive line and that front seven, d- despite, you know, there being concerns of the skill and level of play Barrington Wade may bring and even Campbell. Um, I think the defensive line will definitely help the linebackers help themselves there.
1: Yeah, I think that this is the type of linebacking core that you can use to actually kind of make some stuff happen. Um, I think that that's kind of been the name going to be a little more the name of the game for uh, Phil Parker is to try and press the action a little bit more. Um, I think Campbell, just his size, that opens up a lot. He, he's kind of a bit of a throwback in that way where you had maybe your best athlete at middle linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm optimistic to see what he can do and because I think it might have been another version of addition by subtraction with Doyle. Uh, leaving just because he seemed to be a little bit of a one-speed guy. But I, Maybe I just didn't like him. Uh, yeah.
0: He's starting for Baylor now, isn't he?
1: Baylor. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, he uh, is. He is. He, yeah. he did move straight uh, down to Waco into a starting role. Um, mm-hmm. Haven't watched a lot of them, but he does seem to kind of be around the ball. Um, Maybe more of like a James Moore, Morris type of linebacker. Um, okay. but, so, I think that uh, Campbell is a higher ceiling guy and can open up IO's defense even more. Um,
0: I mean, he's. When's, when's the last time we had a 6'5 in a linebacker? He's huge. It's been a while. I mean, Jewel was undersized. Morris was tiny by all respects, really. Um, it
1: might be. Anger was Greenway. short. Greenway was 6'4.
0: Okay god all right you heard it heard it here first next chad greenway okay <laughs> <laughs> did, greenway, did greenway even play middle linebacker oh no uh, no he was, a, yeah. he was
1: uh he was a. Uh, I i think the leo that, yeah right because he played yeah. he defended slot receivers all the time mm-hmm. i think yeah. i think um and then i guess the defensive backfield sorry mo- moving through this ben Um, Dane Belton, Matt Hankins, Dane Belton again, Jack Kearns, (laughs) Kayvon Merriweather, and Riley Moss. Um, We talked about it a little bit, um, but overall thoughts?
0: I think I'm just surprised. I don't know. More than anything, the only thing you can really comment is that Brents hasn't broken out yet to take over uh, for Moss. Um, I mean, Brents, he's pretty big, 6'3". Um, I, I guess obviously doesn't have the speed Moss does, but I, I've seen a lot of Riley Moss, and I wish I would have seen more Julius Brents is really what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, it, it's been injuries that have held Brents back. Yeah. So in fairness to him there, um, I think the Moss stuff, Dad Nelson uh, of Blackheart Gold Pants, he had that interesting stat where it's like Riley Moss – was like four or 15 in coverage, but the four he gave up were like a hundred yards. So I think the thing about Riley Moss is you remember all the horrible plays and not necessarily the pretty good ones. Um, So I think that the body of work might be a little better than it feels, Mm -hmm. but I still think that as a true cover corner, Brents has the much higher ceiling. I I Mm -hmm. think Moss just doesn't have... um, He's got the straight line speed, and Bills used him that way all the time. But yeah, um, I just don't know if that's the right spot for him. I'd love to see him like kick return, to be honest. I that know, it, honestly.
0: Or even punt return, because we can get to where our punt returner is now. But God, i seen enough of him as I was punt returner. Max um, Cooper. Mm-hmm.
1: It was it was with Reganey that it was it's, a nightmare last it's year. It's a of hell of
0: a, hell of a lot better than Reganey. God, I can't believe they let that go on as long as they did with Reganey. Every like my every single time we they punted, like you, your heart skipped a beat. It was bad.
1: It was um, a rush.
0: Um moving on, I know we I know we talked about the safety situation a little bit, but also Sebastian Castro right now is backing up Dane Belton. I mean, he's got as as impressive of the high school tape I can remember. From an Iowa defensive back recruit, um, so I do. I, I'm I'm excited about him, but I still just can't imagine him seeing reps over Kayvon Merriweather um, if Merriweather's on the bench.
1: Yeah, Merriweather's that that third guy in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the maybe the fifth guy, I guess total. Yeah. Right, if we're if I'm yeah. doing that math right. Um,
0: and I really like and that's something to say. I really like Jack Kerner. I don't think Merriweather should necessarily be starting over Kerner. I think Kerner's can end up being pretty good. Um, he had a pretty great year last year.
1: Yeah, I think you you just kind of wonder if there's anything weird that may have lingered with his skidoo accident, but I think he's. I mean, he's got the clean bill health. So yeah, you, you would that, trust that,
0: that. That was ancient history. I mean, it was somebody else got a got the nasty part of it right.
1: Yeah, from from what I recall.
0: Yeah, I can't remember that. Um, and then we got an Australian at Punter, Finally, it only took twelve years. Oh, that's not true. We had uh, Johnny Mullings and then Sleepy. Sleepy.
1: Yeah, but I mean, hey, if we this is this is what I live for—the 23-year-olds punters from Australia who just—he's not 23, is he? Literally, grow on trees. He is 23.
0: He's a freshman.
1: Um, Yeah, this is what this is how they do it down in Australia. They go to they're like electricians or whatever and they just learn to kick on the side because they're
0: he was born in nineteen ninety seven.
1: Yeah. Ben we're 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 old. That's God, twenty-three. God damn it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the nineties were no longer ten years ago is
1: I know, right? Just a little uh, Yeah. And I guess that's it. Kickoff returns. Amir Smith-Marset. So that's where
0: Smith-Marset's value comes into in, in a draft pick a little bit when we're talking that up a little bit even more. So there's that.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Ah, well, then, I, I think we did a good job of not – of talking about enough so we don't have to talk about the lawsuit because it – it's just draining like that's the only way i can describe it it's news i respect that it's news it's but it's also just stuff that we need to see play out it is kind of where i stand with with that bit of it
0: i have no nothing intelligent to say on the matter other than i just simply don't believe it'll go to court and i don't even and that's not to say i think iowa will settle outside of court i just think the sinister and i don't think I'm not taking sides. I just think I was got much better lawyers than these guys probably do. And uh, I think that's going to probably compel the, the plaintiffs to probably go away quietly, I think. And there's enough evidence in uh, between at least one of the plaintiffs. Um, I mean, I'll just say Wadley is straight up stolen from Iowa fans. I don't know if that's going to be used. It can be used against him, which, I mean, it will be. I know it, it might be a separate thing, but that's not exactly great um, for what they, they want to be doing here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's just draining. Like, I think it's...
0: it's Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. Everything's exhausting these days.
1: I, I think that the thing that if you're going to praise the positives of Ferentz's system, you also have to recognize the negatives of it. And I think that these eight kids, adults, they're adults now, but yep. these eight, these eight byproducts of the Kirk Ference system are a product of his system and, and not a good one. Um, mm-hmm. w- whether you can tie while these grifting to kind of the, Just like I said, it's draining. I I don't think that that's a take that I've parsed out well enough to, to speak on. But I just think that, you know, it's just have to see it play out. We saw the report come out. We know the findings of that. They've put plenty of stuff in motion to improve it. To me, the question's what's in the personnel files. And if it gets to some level of discovery where we can see what's in the personnel files and Iowa kept Brian Ferentz or Kirk Ferentz against the recommendation of Hush Blackwell, to me, that's, that's the biggest question that can probably be answered in my opinion, outside of whether these guys get paid or not.
0: And uh, I mean, to be, I know I decided not to be cynical, um, but to be cynical now, if, the Hush Blackwell report does say that. We'll never find that out because Iowa will settle. Absolutely, if that's the case. So, and I don't necessarily think it is, but it's obvious that possibility. But I don't, There, there's absolutely positively no way we are. If there's a report out there that says Hush Blackwell says you should fire Brian and or Kirk, that, that is not, we're not going to know. We'll never know because that's not seen the light of day unless somebody steals the files on the computer. We're just not.
1: Yep, exactly. So, to round this out, do you have a prediction for this weekend?
0: I mean, I just have to think Iowa wins. I think I have to go with the continuity of the team. I still firmly believe that all this, the stuff that's been going around the program in the offseason, I, I firmly believe that. I believe a little bit less now, but I still think it was a catalyst. I think it was a flag for the team to rally around. I always thought that they were going to come out stronger. Um going out of it, uh, for better for work, or I mean, for better, obviously to make the best out of a bad situation. You know, the fact that, you know, all, but really two or three players off the top of my head, I can remember said Kirk has to be the one to instigate the change. I just have to think that him and the coaching staff are the ones, uh, um, who are driving that change. And I can't imagine a team that's gotten any stronger or closer in an off season than Iowa because of that. So I just have to think that, uh, they're either ready, they're rocking and rolling. And I think we're just gonna. If The defense can hopefully, if uh, you know, if maybe if Brian Brown isn't as the offensive genius as his brother, um, hopefully that'll help Iowa. And I just have to say we're going away winning. Um, I don't know what the score is going to look like because Big has hasn't played yet and the scores have been off the charts this season. But I, th- I think a comfortable win is in the cards for these Hawkeyes, man.
1: I had it adds a loss when I sprinted through it last week as a part mm-hmm. of my exercise that was before the Jeff Brom news. I, I think it changes that a little bit. I would Jeff say Brom
0: it, really changes your opinion that much? Yeah. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Like I I, I, I was probably expecting like a, a game that almost exactly mirrored last, last two years ago. Like mm-hmm. I was expecting something probably – high 30s. I think maybe now it's lower 30s. I think it's probably Iowa. I would say Iowa 31, Purdue 30, and we're... You take a win anyway, you could get it this year, Ben. Win's a win. And with that, we... I'll talk to you later, Ben, and we'll, we'll have a podcast this time tomorrow, hopefully.
0: Oh, yeah. Maybe. All righty.